Welcome back to the next episode of The Couch and super excited for today's episode because we're going to go a little bit techy, I suppose, um, when we talk about online shopping. But uh, joining me previously with uh, LinkedIn uh, back since 2015 and then working with sales professionals to help them improve their sales pipeline and productivity through social selling. Um, in 2018, uh, this lady worked closely with businesses to help them leverage LinkedIn to drive results and brand awareness, content marketing, and demand generation efforts. But today, we're not talking about LinkedIn. Uh, we're actually talking about the new role that uh, this lady's been in. In January 2019, she joined the team of Shopify Plus in their enterprise division. So joining us from Shopify Plus is Amy Zobeck. Hi, how are you going? Good, thanks, Amy. Thanks for joining us uh, on the couch, from your couch there to our couch in this in this wonderful world of lockdown. But uh, as we were talking before we uh, sort of started the episode today, you, you're actually quite familiar with working from home in this uh, remote uh, position. Yeah, yeah. So when I started with Shopify Plus in January last year, uh, it was a work from home role. So I worked from home for the majority of the year. Uh, so very used to uh, having a home set up, building a routine into your day uh, and keeping you know motivated um, throughout the day to, to get the job done. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, let's, uh, let's kick off. I, I want to just uh, dive back a little bit because it does lead us in then to our conversation with Shopify and e-commerce, but social selling is such a big thing. And uh, you know, I just wanted to, to get your kind of take on the importance and the relevance um, around social selling, especially today as we sort of start to, to look at perhaps coming out of COVID. Is there more of an importance now for us as businesses to really start thinking about how to uh, implement social selling, especially with LinkedIn? Yeah. Look, at the moment, I think that social selling is more important than ever with all of the uh, events that have happened over this year, um, with a lot of businesses that have struggled and then some that have thrived. I think using insights to sell has been is more important than ever. So getting that timing right, using a piece of information to be reaching out to a business at the right time with something that can truly help them is extremely valuable. I think you know, with everything that going, that's been going on, the traditional ways of selling around, you know, cold calling or that cold outreach isn't effective, particularly if you're reaching out to a business that is going through hardships. It's really not going to come off um, in the right way. So being really thoughtful about your approach, leading with value uh, and trying to help those businesses go through these really difficult times and helping them with your products and services. And being able to do that is using that information that you're gleaning from your social channels, including LinkedIn, um, and then reaching out to them with those relevant insights at the relevant time to the right people as well. There's a lot of job changes and movements at the moment as well. So making sure you're using those insights and reaching out to the right people at the right time. Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, we often talk about, and we have on previous episodes of The Couch, the, the kind of the inbound methodology, the inbound approach to you know, uh, not only um, inbound marketing, but inbound selling as well, and really having that, uh, you know, that compassion, understanding and context around the conversations that you have. Let's, um, let's talk about social selling now on Shopify, uh, because I, I had some stats here. Facebook is unsurprisingly the number one source of social traffic and sales. Almost a third of all social media visits uh, to Shopify actually come from Facebook. So we talked a little bit about LinkedIn. Let's talk about the importance of how you connect Shopify and that e-commerce experience through to the, the social aspect of Facebook. Yeah, so we have our social channels uh, available within Shopify. So Facebook, Instagram, uh, we've also got you know Snapchat and we've actually just launched with 
Pinterest as well. Um, so we really see the importance of driving engagement through your social channels, both from a selling perspective through Shopify, uh, but then also from a marketing perspective as well. And actually, just to add to your stat, I read something recently um, through an influencer agency called Obviously. Um, and just through the COVID period, they've found a 76% increase in daily accumulated likes on Instagram ads, as well as 22% increase in Instagram campaign impressions as well. Um, so we know that as more people are at home, they're spending more time on their phones and their social channels, this has really um, engaged that audience and actually driven those results um, through those social channels. So we're supporting that. Um, and we've actually just recently launched Facebook shops as well, um, mm. which again is another way that Shopify merchants can access these social channels to be able to reach their audience where their audience is, uh, which is at home, on their mobile devices, on their phones, on these social channels. And, and do you feel like on that, like it's so, uh, it's so important more so now to kind of, make this the shopping experience so seamless so if you're if you're kind of in instagram and you're familiar with instagram and that kind of social platform or facebook that to to then start the conversation about a purchase decision to buy something it it kind of feels more seamless and more natural to do it within that platform that's exactly right we want to remove as many of those friction points as possible uh, for your customers especially at the moment and over the last few months where we have seen a slight decrease um, in the, those types of spending habits, um, especially that kind of discretionary spending. So we have seen some key industries which have seen their sales decrease. Um, we've obviously seen others increase, which has been really positive and we are seeing it starting to, to go back up again. Um, but then being where your customers are at home on their couch, engaging them and really having that thoughtful, relevant content that you're sharing with them to help them make the best decision, the, the best purchasing decisions that they can. So that's what we've seen in terms of the, the last few months. I'm, I'm kind of interested to, to know your, your take on how, especially as we come out of COVID, how the balance is going to be between the e-commerce, you know, purchasing online versus the traditional bricks and mortar. Again, you know, we've, we, we've seen that, you know, they're estimating that the global digital buyer will be like two and a half billion, um, you know, in this year. That was the original projection. It's probably growing quicker because of, of COVID and so, as you say, being at home and, and being more used to this online buying. But how much do you see the online the online kind of environment completely replacing bricks and mortar or do you think there's a it's a balance between how we can still have a bricks and mortar say retail store whilst having the online experience as well yeah i think overall you're right it is about that kind of omni-channel multi-touch approach uh, with customers so whilst we are seeing online sales growth increasing so at the moment it's about 16 percent year over year it's growing at a much faster rate and foot traffic, um, which is growing at about sort of that 3% mark. Uh, we don't feel like it will entirely replace those bricks and mortar retail environments. Um, and we're seeing a lot of businesses start to take that shift and look at their customer behavior. So we're seeing more customers actually, whilst they're in the store, so about 65% of customers when they're in store, they're doing quick research online and looking at the product prices to see if they can get a better price online um, from potentially competitive sites. But we're also seeing that 85% of those customers are researching online before they're going in store. So it's all about that multi-touch approach. And we're seeing uh, large Australian retailers, I'm not sure if you saw in the news recently, Accent Group came out to say, since COVID, they've seen this huge growth in their online sales. And so they're gonna be more of a digital first business. They're not gonna completely 
shut down all of their stores, but it's that big emphasis of pushing forward future plans and bringing them forward to now really accelerated um, that kind of growth in the online channels. It's kind of a challenge, isn't it? Um, just to probably dwell on that point for a second for, for people that, that have these bricks and mortar investments, like, you know, a, a typical retail, retail store in a shopping center um, is a big investment. You know, they need the foot traffic, they need the experience. But do you, do you think we're going to see a change of the retail experience? Like if, um, if people, you know, how, how can the traditional retail, that the, the bricks and mortar retail kind of enhance and work together with the online space? Yeah. So I think it's about having that brand consistency across the store and the online experience. So for example, promotions that are being run in store, being able to offer those promotions online, uh, gift cards, loyalty programs, uh, you know, brand ambassadors, influencers, having all of that content engagement in store and online. And we're also seeing a lot of online first businesses experimenting with in real life, pop-ups and um, having different experiences in real life as well as they're seeing some value in customers being able to kind of touch and feel their product, particularly with customers that they've got that um, really strong brand following um, and brand recall with. Um, So I think it's all about that consistency. I think it's all about being where your customers are, talking to them at the right time and then bridging that all together with engagement on, you know, social channels um, and other marketing methods as well. Um, But then you know, being able to provide that consistent experience to the customer and really understanding who their customer is, what they're doing online, what their behavior is in store, pairing all that data up and then making those informed decisions based on that. Yeah, it's so important to come back to, you know, the, the, the basics, which we often uh, forget about is, you know, who is your customer? Who is the persona? You know, what are they really interested in? How we can make that buying experience more seamless? Mm-hmm. You know, because I know Shopify, you do it so well, Amazon and some of the other greats, you know, they've really emphasized the customer focus first. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we make it easy for the customer, you know, mm-hmm. rather than, um, you know, going about and creating a product and then trying to find an audience for it? Um, I do. I do like the, the the point you made as well about that. I think retailers need to think about bricks and mortar retailers. That the point of difference they have from an online experience is the physical product. Mm-hmm. Um, if they sh- if they only focus on the transaction, you've kind of lost it. And I think before COVID, a lot of retailers just focused on just being there to to take the money and not the experience of the shopping and giving giving the knowledge that they can have about a product purchase. Um, but they you know. At, yeah, it's an and interesting that personalization. thing. So knowing what that customer likes, what they've purchased in the past, what their behaviours and trends are, um, and then bringing that personal experience um, and that personal touch to those real life experiences as well. Yeah, I know. I know. As we try and make our online experience more and more humanised, <laughs> there's nothing more humanised than actually going into the store and just you know trying to connect those two together. I wanted to to just touch on just the the rise of e-commerce. You know, I mentioned Amazon there before. The the, te- the you know the tech giant uh, claimed to have made thirty billion dollars uplift just uh, at the back end of COVID. You know, putting on a lot more in the workforce because of the increase. You know, obviously in the demand of of online shopping. Um, because we've seen this uplift and looking back on history back in, you know, at the end of the global financial crisis, I mean, everyone's saying we, we're going to maybe enter a depression or, you know, a recession of some kind. Um, do you think that e-commerce is going to continue to boom? Because I know off the back of GFC, we saw a four year boom that continued with e-commerce rising. Do you think we're at the cusp of a massive rise in e-com? Yeah, look, I think we are. And we've seen a lot of traditional bricks and mortar retailers quickly pivoting online. So we, we've been talking a lot at Shopify about how a lot of businesses that have these sort of 10 year, 20, 30 
strategies, they've had to accelerate them and bring them forward to now. Um, so we've got businesses, we've got uh, your supermarkets, your uh, you know groceries, home products, restaurants, all now pivoting very, very quickly uh, and getting set up online. And we don't believe that consumers are going to revert back. You know, they're, they're feeling comfortable, they're feeling safe, that secure aspect of having your deliveries dropped at your door, the convenience of that as well. Now everyone is so busy working from home, you know, children and managing, you know, a whole bunch of different priorities. Um, so we don't believe that we're going to revert back. We feel that there will be that trajectory um, going up. Um, and as I mentioned, businesses, for example, we launched uh, Lint Chocolate, you know, who are a traditional retailer, physical locations all around the world. Um, they came to, to us uh, with a, a problem that they wanted us to solve, which was we want an e-commerce operation set up in a week. And we were able to do that in five days for them. So having then their chocolates sold online, picked up in store, very, very quick pivot. Um, and then they were able to then, um, their business was able to flourish and, and really succeed throughout this period. So um, we believe it will continue in this trajectory and that we'll be able to support those merchants that are very look, looking to pivot very, very quickly uh, to that e-commerce side of things. It's interesting how you use the example of, of, of Lint, you know, and, and how quickly you turned that around, like in a, in a, in a week, because, uh, you know, sometimes people wouldn't think, you know, in terms of setting up an e-commerce store, uh, that it can take a long time. There's a lot of infrastructure, a lot of tech that's in place to sort of turn that around. I, I, I did see one, again, one stat. I mean, one thing which amazed me is, you know, it says there's more than 800,000 stores that are powered by Shopify around the world. Um, and on one particular day, Black Friday, there was $1.5 billion in sales. Now, this was interesting because it equated to almost 11,000 orders per minute. And uh, the peak of the sales volume per minute was, was a staggering 870,000. So, you know, being able to kind of set up a store in a week is fine. But then how do you, how do you quickly, you know, kind of cope with, uh, with a massive spike like that um, so that's a good point and just quickly on that tony we're now at over a million stores on oh, shopify sorry. <laughs> uh, so our numbers have updated and as our platform grows we add more merchants um, and our volumes increase as well um, so in terms of flash sales specifically we have actually a team dedicated um, to looking at our infrastructure at our reliability as a platform and um, we do have some of the largest flash selling merchants in the world uh, on our platform. Um, so as you mentioned, we can support close to 11,000 checkouts per minute. Our uptime is 99.99% from a reliability uh, perspective. And then what we do is we also, because we've got so much experience and we've got so many merchants on our platform, we've got a lot of data. And so we can then work in terms of our support teams, whether that be our merchant success teams um, or our customer support team, to advise on all best practices for flash selling as well. So looking at what other merchants have done and then implementing those practices on the store as well. But we're going to continue to see that trend grow, especially looking at those numbers from last year, like close to $3 billion um, over that weekend, which is just uh, crazy. And so we're going to be looking at that sale this year and other types of sales and flash sales events um, across the year uh, on our platform as well, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's uh, that's super exciting. So I, I think growth is definitely going to be there, whether it's the you know the e-commerce boom or obviously uh, everything that you guys are doing right in terms of growing. Um, one one of the concerns I think that people always have, maybe in the back of their mind, with e-commerce growing and we go becoming more digital, is security. 
Um, and I know that you, you mentioned you have you, you, your teams that can kind of, you know, fast track, uh, you know, items like that where you've got spikes and, you know, you need to fast track a store. But, but what about in terms of security, you know, being so paramount, um, you know, resolving security issues, making sure that our credit cards are, are safe online, you know, how, how much are you doing kind of to, to keep ahead of the curve with, with mm. some of that, those issues? Yeah, that's a really good question. And especially as a lot of those traditional retailers are looking to pivot online uh, and we are working with these large global organisations. And so security is top of their priority list when they're thinking about moving online, um, which is you know very different to what they've experienced in store. Um, so the good thing is, is as a platform, you know, Shopify is PCI um, and SO2 uh, compliant. Um, but because of the way that the Shopify platform is built um, with it being uh, available to not just your kind of developers and technical people, but everyone from business owners to uh, anyone that wants to start a store in Shopify, we really make sure that that checkout piece is secure. Um, and so that not, not everyone that's on the platform can go in and, you know, customize or kind of play around with, that checkout capability, which means that it's much more secure because we're able to kind of maintain the um, the structure and the integrity of the checkout. Um, Shopify is a platform. We've got our own payment gateway, Shopify Payments, which again means that we've got that control over uh, that payment gateway. Um, and we've got our own inbuilt fraud protection on that as well. And then with Shopify Plus merchants, we've got the ability to start to automate some of the notifications around things like high-risk orders uh, and, and things like that as well so that we can really start to get on top of those processes um, very, very quickly and easily. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's good to know because I, I think it's just unfortunately, the, you know, the world we live in where... You know, you know, we have to just keep things so secure because there's uh, there's people out there that obviously want to disrupt our growth. Let's um, we've talked a lot about retail in terms of business to consumer. Maybe if we talk about business to business in a sense, right? So there's there's lots of businesses out there that are just traditional, you know, product. They, they may have a product or they're thinking about a product, um, uh, but they're, they're maybe a service based business or at least dealing with, from a business to business sense. You know, for a small business perhaps that's yet to move into e-commerce they're, they're kind of at the point where you know they're, they're really just trying to enhance their web experience and their digital footprint but they really need to to get above you know this this boom that's going to happen that we're we're all sure of what what do you think is the, the easiest way like how how easy is it for them to to switch on a a shopify experience from mm -hmm. from day one and start moving that way that's a really good question. So we provide a lot of resources uh, for merchants getting started, like a step-by-step -step guide, everything that you need to know about getting your business set up online. Um, so we've got a lot of resources. And in fact, we've launched specific COVID-based resources as well for merchants who are looking to pivot very quickly. Um, and then as a platform, we've released features for those merchants. So, you know, buy online, pick up in store. We just shipped that recently in reaction to what has happened for our merchants. Um, we're also offering merchants um, at the moment uh, free um, trials for Shopify. So we always advise merchants to get on, sign up for a free trial of Shopify, see how easy it is to actually build your store online, um, and then from there work through those steps. Uh, we've got a great partner ecosystem as well. Um, so experts, uh, working with our Shopify merchants to get set up and running on the platform. Uh, so we also recommend leveraging those experience and expertise to really then boost that experience uh, in terms of moving online.
Yeah, and what I what I do like as well. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of stuff I do is with um, you know platforms like HubSpot, and I love the the natural native integration that we've got between Shopify and platforms like HubSpot, which kind of enable businesses if they're traditionally in a kind of a marketing and sales type of environment to kind of seamlessly tack on Shopify and then just continue that whole buyer journey from you know first engagement and marketing and you know, bringing people through the buyer journey to actually that transaction at the end with a with a Shopify account. That's exactly right. Yeah, and so we, because of the way Shopify is built, we do have those open APIs, which means we can connect to external tools, tools that are already existing in these businesses. So there's no need to, you know, completely reinvent um, your entire tech stack. It's really about us complementing what's already in place and really, as you mentioned, that enhancement um, of that kind of online experience. Lovely. So, Amy, let's uh, let's spend the rest of our, uh, our couch interview talking about the future because we love that stuff. You know, where, where's this going? We know that there's going to be a bit of a boom, but obviously you're in a you're in a wonderful tech space. So, I wanted to start off with uh, let's talk about mobile shopping and mobile payments. I think both um, you know the big tech giants have newly emerged e-commerce businesses to do their best to improve user experience across that and facilitate mobile payments. Um, I believe, you know, both uh, in China, especially as one of the leaders, WeChat and Airplay have over 1 billion users each, which is just massive, but they're just they're huge different countries. So, you know, how, how do you see the trends moving towards a, a mobile shopping and payment experience? Mm. Yeah, we've seen that trend for sure. Uh, so we Shopify payments, which is our own payment gateway. Uh, we have our own accelerated uh, checkout method. Um, which is helping consumers to go through that checkout process seamlessly. Um, and we're actually seeing around an 18% increase in conversion um, when using that accelerated checkout method just due to the ease of use and those reduction in those friction points. Um, we've also got, you know, Apple Pay, Google Pay and those other accelerated methods as well. Um, and then from a mobile perspective, we've just recently launched our consumer application, which is Shop Pay. Uh, which is an application that a consumer can use to actually manage their payments across their Shopify stores to track all of their parcels across Shopify as well as other e-commerce uh, sites as well, as well as discovering new Shopify brands as well based on recommendations and other purchases that they've made in the past as well. So really looking at how we can provide value to the consumer, um, which then in turn provides value to the merchant uh, as well based on this behaviour from the consumer side too. Yeah, and I think what it, what I like about it as well is just the you know the, this mobile experience then kind of kind of goes back to an early point we we're talking about how you know connecting e-commerce with the bricks and mortar retailers because if you can actually come in and you know utilize your mobile in a way you're mobile so you're actually not sitting in front of a laptop or a computer you're actually out and about and you could be in store so yep. there's this kind of something there that I think that we could see that those two kind of technologies maybe merging together a little bit. Sure. Um, let's talk about headless commerce or headless e-commerce. What, what's the uh, what's the trend in there and the benefit of businesses that maybe already have a store or looking at a store to to implement some of that technology? Yeah. So look, we do see uh, some merchants, particularly on the uh, Shopify Plus side, um, that will decide uh, to go for an, a headless e-commerce solution, which. Uh, in technical terms, leverages our kind of storefront API um, to create a front-end content experience. Uh, 
But in fact, due to the way that Shopify has been designed with our theme builder and our front end flexibility, we actually find that most merchants tend to stay on the Shopify platform and use our own kind of front end design capabilities for, for ease of use um, and just that kind of flexibility that that, that platform does have. Um, so, so whilst we have seen some merchants, um, we haven't seen a huge shift um, towards that. And it's really looking at it on a merchant by merchant basis, depending on their complexity around kind of content management, the number of uh, markets that they operate in. Um, so we kind of advise based on specific criteria, but overall as a trend, um, we haven't seen it, you know, really growing um, as much as just leveraging the, the Shopify uh, front end design. Yeah, I think it probably comes back a lot to the, the product experience in a way, doesn't it? Because I know for a couple of our clients where there's a lot of education that needs to happen, it's less of, you know, an instant buy, I need that product now, and I don't need a lot of information, I just need access to be able to buy it. It's more that that sense of when they're researching it and looking at it on the main site that they can actually go and purchase it within the site without having to go to a shop or buy now. That's right. Yeah. And we've got the on Shopify, we've also got our buy button. So we can embed that in other content blogs and, and other um, content pieces as well. Um, so that is also available for, for merchants too. So let's, um, Amy, let's talk about voice because voice voice commerce, I love that. That could be, a, I don't know if uh, it's new to me. I haven't heard that, that term before, but voice commerce. Obviously, we're used to dealing with uh, Apple Siri. Uh, we've got an Alexa over here. I don't know, say Elaine too loud or she'll probably jump into life and start playing some random song. Google's assistant. So we're all, we're all starting to get used to this voice activation and, and using our voice more. Um, how do you see that kind of uh, working? I know that there's a prediction that we'd have 8 billion devices with voice assistants um, in, uh, in 2023. That's only a few years away. So obviously voice is, is growing in our environment. How's that going to play in this thing called voice commerce? Yeah. So look, it's something that we um, have been looking at. We've got some uh, third-party applications that we plug into Shopify that do offer that already um, on your Shopify store. Um, it's something that we're finding there's different trends in different parts of the world. Um, so I definitely wouldn't say that it's something that we're seeing growing overall globally as a trend, um, but certain countries, certain regions have definitely have an appetite for that voice commerce. And as that appetite grows, we will see more applications being built around voice commerce. Um, and then looking at those stats there, I mean, that's only, you know, two, two years away. So um, Shopify is a platform where we're always um, we've got a big focus on innovation, kind of, you know, R&D. Um, and so we'll always be looking at how we can improve and bring different um, pieces of commerce and trends right within the Shopify uh, platform, which will be a native uh, feature. I think it's going to be an interesting time ahead, I think, because, uh, you know, a, a few conversations we had on previous Couch episodes and also just, just within businesses, you know, in, in, a, in a number of different industries and in marketing and a whole bunch of things is how voice is going to play a part in it because it, it does change, like even SEO, like things like basic SEO. SEO has always been worked on, you know, the actual words you type, but the words we speak are different. So how we're going to have to change a lot of, uh, you know, the, the context of how we actually even, you know, go after the key words that we want to attract people with. I'll be it's very excited to see how, how this one plays out for sure. So what about um, AI, if we really get deep into the AI and personalizing the buyer journey? I know it's so important for marketing, you know, and I talked about HubSpot before and obviously uh, personalizing the marketing process, but um, they reckon 80% of customers are more likely to buy from an online store that provides personalized experiences. So how are you seeing that kind of trending to make, you know, my buying experience different to the next person? 
Yeah. And so especially as, you know, I'm on the Shopify Plus team, we're working with those enterprise merchants that are more complex and they're looking to grow um, at, a, at a faster rate. And so a lot of the different strategies that I work with, with uh, the merchants on Shopify Plus is around that personalization and really guiding that customer through that buying journey. Um, so we do have a, a lot of personalization inbuilt kind of features within Shopify um, that you're able to then really uh, provide recommendations, look at previous purchasing history and then provide products um, based off the, the back of that, um, provide different discounts and promotions, um, loyalty, really trying to engage with the customer and look at how you can personalize their entire journey. Um, and then we have some great partners as well in this space. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, one of the um, amazing things about working with Shopify is that you then get access to all of our technical and um, service partners. And so we work with a lot of platforms as well that even take that personalization aspect even further um, to the point where, you know, when you're on a site, um, it feels like it's completely talking to you based on your, you know, previous history and the, the items that you're looking at are exactly what, what you needed, you know, at the right time as well. Um, so, yeah when you say that stat about the 80%, um, we definitely agree with that. Um, and it's something that we're seeing more and more of our merchants coming to us and are asking for help with. I think what we're finding is we, um, unfortunately, just the way our world is, time is the new economy, isn't it? And uh, there's nothing more frustrating than have to navigate through something, trying to find what you're looking for, where if it comes up in front of you and you go, hey, how did you know? That's exactly what I wanted. Um, it's going to make life a lot easier and obviously help the sell at the end of the day. Um, let's talk about virtual reality now, because this is uh, just to kind of wrap this up, because this is an interesting one, because we talked about bricks and mortar, the real bricks and mortar, real world kind of shopping experience. And then you've got the e-commerce online shopping experience. But this kind of starts to blur the line between the two, doesn't it? When we talk about VR of computer simulated reality, um, for example, users visiting a virtual showroom and visualizing the products in real life. Um, yeah. How's this trend kind of happening? Yeah, and look, we've got our own VR capability right within Shopify. So a really good example of when I explain this to merchants is being able to take a product uh, from an e-commerce website and being able to see what that would look like in your home. Um, so being able to then have a photo of your you know, coffee table and then seeing what that vase will actually look like on that coffee table in your home. So you're right, it's really starting to blur those lines between going in store, you know, taking a photo of that item, trying to visualize it in your home, but now you can actually bring that item right into your home and start to experiment. So we're seeing, you know, a lot of trends around um, kind of homewares um, are really, really um, focusing on this VR, um, as well as kind of fashion and apparel, being able to see what those items would look like on yourself or with another outfit, as an example. Um, so we're definitely, we're really excited about this trend. Um, again, we're kind of at the forefront um, of what's happening um, around the innovation in VR. Um, and we're really excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah, it's, it is exciting. And I know even even now, like there's a few conferences, you know, with the lockdown of COVID, like big, big events have been cancelled. But I know of at least two or three of these that are going online, like it's a virtual experience, you could walk up, walk up to the actual, um, you know, expo, um, walk through it, you can go up and talk to people, tap people on the shoulder. Um, it's certainly something I think we're, we're moving towards, you know, with this, this kind of virtual reality experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's going to be exciting. So I, I'm kind of almost thinking that, you know, going back to our earlier point about how did bricks and mortar retailers kind of 
pivot or change into it. It's almost feeling like I'm going to go into a bricks and mortar retailer and just see one giant iPad um, <laughs> that's going to, with, with the physical product. So I can actually go and touch the physical product, but then I can go over to this massive, you know, uh, immersive experience on a gigantic iPad and actually start moving that product around in my Shopify store. That, that could be, do you think that could be the, the look and feel of the new uh, 2020 plus retailer? Well, we're actually seeing a lot of merchants already experimenting with this type of thing. So bringing that online experience in store, um, especially retailers that started online first and then have set up bricks and mortar. They've really tried to you know, bring that um, into their in-person experience. Um, so I think we're going to see more and more of these happening, um, different activations in stores, different promotions and campaigns happening. Um, and then now with that whole kind of AR, VR uh, component coming into it as well. It's those lines are really going to start to blur, and it does go back to that whole, you know, being where your customer is, understanding where they are, you know, the, the data, so what they're doing, where they want to be, where they want to shop, um, and then us adapting uh, to to their consumer behaviour. Yeah, it all comes back to the total customer experience. Always at the end of the day, who's who's my customer, and how can I make their experience better? Um, and if a bit of tech is thrown in there as well, it makes it even more exciting. But uh, it's been fantastic talking to you about the, the trends. I think if, I, I suppose the message for people, if they're your businesses that aren't quite on the, on the e-commerce journey yet is at least start. I think you mentioned, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, people can start for free. They can set up a store. Yeah, we've got a free trial. Um, so set it up, play around, see how easy that is to actually set up your store. We've got all of those resources available to you um, to go step by step in setting up your store. Um, and then we've got that partner community as well for that extra help um, if you do need someone to kind of guide and consult you through through that journey. Yeah, so no excuses. We, uh, we all need to bring on the e-commerce, but uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Amy Zoback from Enterprise Sales at Shopify Plus. Thanks for joining me on my couch, on your couch today. Thank you, Tony. Talk to you soon.